You're listening to the Mosaic Podcast, brought to you by Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County. Each episode of this podcast will offer you excerpts from the Mosaic TV news magazine, which airs Sunday from January to April in the Palm Beaches. Mosaic explores the most pressing issues facing the Jewish community here at home and around the world. And now, here's your host, Susan Shulman Pertnoy. Welcome to our 45th season of Mosaic. I'm your host, Susan Shulman Pertnoy. Mosaic is Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County's weekly news magazine, exploring the most critical issues facing Jews here and around the world. We open this new season of Mosaic facing a crisis in Israel, the fallout from the ruthless rape, murder, and kidnapping of Israeli civilians by Hamas on October 7th. As we reach the three-month anniversary of these attacks, more than 100 Israelis are still being held in captivity. And it's fair to wonder how many will ever get the chance to return home. Today, you'll hear one family's chilling story of how their loved one disappeared into the ground under Gaza, and what our Federation is doing to support efforts to bring him home. We'll be right back. When we decided that we were going to undertake the campaign for the future, it was really an outgrowth of the fact that our endowment is not where it should be given the size of the Jewish community and the growth that's taking place in this community. What do you want your legacy to be? You've lived here, you've been a part of this community, you have the opportunity to make a difference what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to be remembered when you're no longer here? And I think that has touched a nerve with a lot of people who were never asked that question and never asked, hey, we need it now. How can you help us? Welcome back to Mosaic. Today joining us is Michael Hoffman. He's the president and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County. Michael, welcome to Mosaic. Thank you, Susan. Michael, in the aftermath of the horrendous activities on October 7th by Hamas, our federation brought in the family of Omer Weinkert, the, the uncle in particular and his first cousin, to talk about the kidnapping of Omer. Why was it important for us to bring them here? It was a very powerful moment for our Jewish Federation. It was an honor and a privilege to welcome them to our Federation. One of the most important things for us to do as a Jewish Federation, as a Jewish community, is to um, bear witness to their story, to the bear witness to the horrific attacks that took place on October 7th, and to make sure that we are um, aware and are learning about and can advocate for the release of Omer and all of the hostages that are being held against their will by Hamas right now. We feel our role as a Jewish Federation is to create as much awareness as possible and um, to use our abilities so, um, so Ricardo and Itai can tell the story of Omer 
and ultimately the rest of the hostages that are being held to as many people as possible so, so all of us can advocate for their safety and for their release. And as a Jewish federation, we will not rest until every hostage has been released. In addition to sending money and supplies over to Israel, we're also sending our, our community members. We, we, we've had held some missions. Why is that so important? We found it's critically important that in addition to sending philanthropy and needed supplies to our brothers and sisters in Israel, it's important that we physically be in Israel during this horrific time to express our solidarity to the people of Israel, um, that we are on the ground to hear as many stories as possible from displaced Israelis, from IDF soldiers, from um, family members, um, from individuals who have family members who are kidnapped, from Israelis who were injured, because we have to take these stories home and tell as many people as possible um, about the ongoing issues and threats that are taking place within Israel. We also needed to go to give them a hug. They feel alone. They feel um, the world has abandoned the people and the state of Israel. Um, and we were there to send a very strong message that the Jewish community will never abandon our brothers and sisters in Israel. And giving that actual hug meant more to them than anything. What do you think compels members of our community to travel 5,000 miles away to Israel during, in a war zone actually, on these missions? It's a reminder of how central and how critical the role of Israel is in our hearts and our souls in the Jewish community. The people of Israel, the state of Israel, it's our homeland, it's the eternal home of the Jewish people. We all have a connection to Israel because either we know somebody, we know somebody who knows somebody, we have friends, we have family, but there is a, a deeper inner connection to Israel. Um, and when Israel is being existentially threatened and 1,200 people have been brutally murdered, our brothers and sisters, it compels us to want to go to comfort them, to give solace to them, and to let them know that we will always stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel. Michael, there are over 200,000 internally displaced Israelis. They can't go home. They're living in hotels. How are we helping them? It's an incredibly difficult situation. And one of the things we learned, we were on our solidarity missions, um, many of these people, if not all, they had to leave their homes at a moment's notice. They didn't have time to pack a bag. They didn't have time to, to, to pack a backpack. They were running from terrorists from Hamas who were trying to kill them. And that's the, all of the residents in the southern part of Israel in the different kibbutzim and, and the different towns. And there are over 30 communities in the northern part of Israel that are under constant bombardment from Hezbollah. So they're now being located in hotels in the center part of Israel, in a lot in the Dead Sea. These are hotels that formerly were um, serving tourism, but obviously there's no tourism right now. So you basically have crammed into hotel rooms, families of four and five into one hotel room. Um, what will be seen is that the level of um, volunteers that has, that has taken place. We've sent over supplies and clothing 
and um, uh, uh, different basic you know, goods and necessities. And they set up shops in what used to be ballrooms. Uh, we went to one hotel down in the Dead Sea. Um, there's a, a remarkable young woman named Khani Kulan, who used to be a young ambassador, a young shaliach here in the Palm Beach community for several years. She basically set up in ballrooms in the basement of the hotel that's basically a clothing store. Wow. Um, and there's, there's, there's clothing, there's basic, um, there's basic goods, there's, there's food, there's anything that you could possibly want, it's been set up. Some of these um, hotels are partners of the Joint Distribution Committee. They've set up de facto preschools or um, so to try and give these, these young children under the age of you know, six or seven some little sense of normalcy to go to a nursery school. And actually in one of the hotels, they replicated the names of the classrooms on their kibbutz that they had to evacuate, and that's and that's what they call the classrooms at the David Hotel in the in the 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 Dead Sea. That's remarkable. All of this had to be popped up within a moment's notice. So again, these are Israelis that, that had to flee with nothing on their backs, and they're now all over uh, the center of the country, Eilat, they're um, in other parts of the country. And then we as a Jewish Federation system, Jewish Federation Palm Beach County, working with volunteers in Israel are able to serve the needs of these Israelis and they don't know when they're going to be able to go home and they don't know if they have a home to go back to. This just proves the importance of donating to the Jewish Federation because our dollars are really helping an entire population right now. And our dollars, um, working with our partners on the ground in Israel, through the Jewish Agency for Israel, the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, Jewish Federation of North America, they are guiding us because they are constantly providing a level of oversight. They're constantly um, informing us of the shifting priorities, which happens on a daily basis. So it allows us to support the needs in Israel in a very fluid and flexible and nimble situation because what's happening on the ground in Israel is very un unpredictable. Michael, thank you so much for joining us and all that you do. Coming up, we'll hear the first-hand account of Omer Wankert's family. They detail minute by minute how the unthinkable happened. It's an interview you cannot miss, next on Mosaic. Mosaic is brought to you through the dedication of generous corporate sponsors who fuel the work of Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County. We thank American Commercial Realty, Appleby Udenfriend Wealth Management, BDO, Brayman Motorcars, Bruce Gendelman Insurance Services, Commodore Singer Basement and Braun Attorneys, First Republic Bank, FPL, Rogers Design Group, and Shapiro Pertnoy Companies. Joining us are Ricardo and Itai, family members of Omer. Uh, Ricardo is Omer's uncle, and Itai is Omer's first cousin. Ricardo, let's start with you. Tell us about what happened. So, Susan, uh, on Friday evening, 6th of October, it was the uh, Sukkot Part 2, which is actually a Jewish holiday in which we celebrate the ending of the first week of the new Bible reading. So we had the dinner, all of us, all the family, all the extended family, which is Omer's family, my family and Itai's family. Three sisters all together, like every Friday, we have a shishi dinner, we eat, we drink, we 
happy, joy, like in every Israeli normal family. Uh, about 12 midnight when we wanted to uh, go home, Omar said that he will be probably going to a peace festival, which is called the Supernova, together with the girlfriend, uh, Kim Dumpty, which is a friend uh, living next to him in Gedera. They are friends for a long time from uh, being childhood. Uh, on uh, Saturday morning, 6 Saturday in the morning, we woke up for the signs of sirens and a missile attack all over Israel. I opened immediately the news, which is practically uh, in Israel. I was uh, amazed to see a SUV of uh, Hamas in the center of town in Ishterot with five Hamas people with uh, machine guns, with rifles, shooting on bystanders. I wasn't sure it was a real situation. It was, I thought maybe it was like the 9-11 in the first minute that we saw the first uh, Twin Tower being hit by an airplane. So I thought maybe it's a joke, right? Because they are not sure about this kind of weird situation. But unfortunately, we started to receive more uh, reports about it. After a couple of minutes, uh, Niva, the mother of Shai, which is the sister of my wife, called us, telling us, uh, Ayelet, my wife, uh, Omer is there. He went to the rock festival, beauty festival, and uh, he, got, he called us, telling that uh, he's hearing uh, missiles, he's hearing uh, gun shoots far away, he's not uh, able to do anything, he's not able to drive, and he's afraid. They communicated with him from 6.30 about 7.30. At 7.30 he said, I got to a shelter together with Kim. Uh, we are here about 30 people in a small shelter which is uh, suitable for 15 people maximum. This was the last correspondence with him. This was a shelter that he got suffocated and from what we understand he ran away from the shelter because he was starting to suffocate because it was too crowded. Luckily this saved his life. Unfortunately uh, he started in, with texting and he said that he's hearing Arabic next to him. And then uh, the Hamas got inside, started to send uh, grenades, killing people. We don't know exactly what happened, but everybody, about 30 people that were in this shelter, all of them died from grenades because they were locked in a situation, because they were locked behind four walls of concrete with grenades so I don't want to describe the internal plastic status of uh, this shelter. I think that you can imagine. It's not a nice scenery. Omer was there. We didn't know what's going on. So father, the father of uh, Omer, Shai, decided to go and try to rescue him from the Gaza Strip. He got to his car, called me. We wanted to go there. Unfortunately, the army stopped us. Because of the situation, they put a barricade and closed the entry to Gaza. What happened to his girlfriend? Unfortunately, uh, we didn't find her in any of the hospitals. We didn't know about her whereabouts. On a Wednesday afternoon, we got a notification because Kim's parents are living next to Omer that uh, she was found dead. She was killed. On Thursday morning, we buried her. So Kim, which is also an Irish citizen, was murdered. 
Uh, I can show you pictures of them together. It's heartbreaking. It has to be. Uh, Shai's father got to the junction where the military stopped him, and he got a phone call from a friend of him, from Shai, telling him, Shai, you don't need to try to pursue Omar. I have two news for you. One is good, one is bad. The good news is that Omar is alive. The bad news is not in our hands anymore. He's in Gaza. We have no control of him. So no need for you to try to rescue him. He's not in our control. We also got a video that was taken from the telegram of the Hamas. In this video, you can see Omer in the backside of an SUV by the Hamas, together with two bodies of terrorists. But he's there, unfortunately stripped, only with his underwear, hands tied up behind his back, lying down, five Hamas people with green bandana, hitting him with, his, with the rifles. Oh, God. The good news is, is you can see him like this. Of course, he's suffering. So we have this video. I got to the Hamas telegram, to all the networks, in order to receive information. I got another video on the front side of this car. You can see the same type of situation, him there getting hit. In the Twitter of the Hamas, I succeeded to retrieve a picture of Omer already in a basement in Gaza, lying there on bags of food donations given to the Palestinian refugees by the Japanese government. They're using it to put Omer lying down over there. Like a bed for him. Yes, like a bed. Omer is there totally bruised. But you can see that he's alive. This is the last information that we have from him. We got in contact with the American uh, Red Cross and with the Red Cross trying to uh, give medicine to Omer. Omer has colitis. He has colitis, which is a disease that actually creates bleeding in your intestines. Uh, so you have internal bleeding in your stomach. Unfortunately, he's not in control. Once you have medicine, then of course the bleeding will stop. If you have no medicine, it will get infected. It can get to a life-threatening situation. So Could you get medicine to him? Unfortunately, we failed. The Red Cross refused or is not able, or I really don't know what is their real about this story, but they are not able to give any medicine, any visits, or any guidelines that are corresponding to the Geneva Conventions. We give medical aid to the Palestinian people, right? We give them food, we give them water, we give them medicine, but this is only one-sided support. Do they They're receive it? They receive it. The Palestinians happily receive it. Unfortunately, our people, Omer, is not receiving anything. There are babies. There is a pregnant woman after the 41th week. So she got birth in captivity without any medicine, without any incubators or anything like this. So we don't know if she's well, if her baby is well. There are elderly people that had heart attacks, that require medicine. Unfortunately, no support, nothing like this. We are doing whatever we can in order to be in a situation that the Red Cross will be active and not passive.
being passive in a situation that is a life-threatening situation means that you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. Right now, we need the Red Cross to be active, the UN to put the pressure, to put the pressure on the states that support the Hamas, finance the Hamas, give heaven to the Hamas, in order to help us in uh, negotiations and give the support to the Israeli government to release the hostages. They need to be released right now. It's an immediate action. Any day that passes, unfortunately, I assume that more captives will not survive. The, con the conditions in which they are holding, which are underground tunnels, right, without any fresh air, without good food or water, without any reason. They didn't do anything bad. No. Omer was in a music festival. He didn't do any harm to anybody. 260 people. They were there, 5,000 people, dancing, drinking, having fun at 6 o'clock in the morning. 100 terrorists got to this station, this location of 5,000 people. Two rows of SUVs with machine guns closed the two sides of the dancing area. They started to shoot everybody. They had a third row of machine guns in the parking lot. So if you had the luck to run out of the machine guns, then you were caught in the parking lot to be just shot over there and they incinerated all the cars. So even if you are just wounded, you will not survive. No justification, no logic. All the world needs to understand. We didn't do anything wrong. We just want peace. We just want our families back. We just want that we will have no terrorist organization in our backyard. That's all. This is the only thing that we want. Itai, you're Omer's first cousin. If you had the opportunity to speak to him, what is it that you'd like to say? Omar, this is Itai. Nothing has been, has been the same since you left, since you're in Gaza. Um, I love you. And I miss you. And the whole family is waiting for you. We want you to come back and have the Shabbat and the Shishi um, meals with us. We want our complete family back. You are part of, my, of our family and we'll do anything to get you back. Because we're family. And me and you personally, we meet. You are, um, you are the little brother I always wished for. We, we played soccer and basketball together. We talked about everything. And we have a really special bond. And I don't want to lose you. Um, be strong. And we want you to know that we are strong. We, the family, and the people of Israel are dedicated to you. And and we will do everything to get you back. And I wish for many, many years of happiness 
and simplicity, just living our life, a simple life. I don't wish for more than that. And I love you and I miss you. Thank you. But it's remarkable that you have such strength to go and advocate for for your family member. I mean, it's 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 got to take a lot of resolve to be able to I mean, this is horrific what 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 what's going on and but you have the strength to go and talk about it. Ricardo, what can we do as a Jewish community to help the situation? So, two things. First of all, on the emotional side of it, the support that I receive here in the, in the communities in the U.S. by all the Jewish people, is this is the battery that I have. This is what is giving me and Itai the energy. We feel that we are part of a very large family. We have, let's say, this is the, our base camp. Eventually, without the support of all the Jewish in the communities, in all the locations, it would have been much difficult on a practical level, on a trouble, I'm an engineer, so I'm looking on a problem, finding the solution, and having an action plan. On this aspect, I need any support to get to the Red Cross chairman and management, to strive them by any means to get into the captives, bring them information, medicine, and rescue. On the practical level, any connections, and there are people both in the U.S. and other locations that have very solid connections with Qatar and with other entities that actually uh, support Hamas. Doesn't matter if it's financial or other means, we need to get to the point that these kind of entities will understand that supporting Hamas is supporting terrorist organization that will eventually cause a damage to Europe and to the U.S. Because the terror idea of a Khalifut that is against democratic nations will hit anybody. So it's not an isolated incident in Israel. This is part of a chain of events that should be stopped right now, should be stopped by bringing them back immediately. This is the only message that I want to convey. Thank you, and I really thank you so much on behalf of the Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County for you to be here and tell your story. We hope for the immediate return of Omar. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mosaic Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to Mosaic on your favorite streaming platform and to leave us a review. Want more? Visit jewishpb.org slash mosaic, where you can access full episodes of the show. To stay connected with the Jewish community of the Palm Beaches, visit jewishpb.org or follow Jewish Federation at facebook.com slash jewishpalmbeach.